Welcome, cadets and captains, to a brand new edition of M-Class Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. Play the klaxons. I'm not putting it in. Oh, way to go, soundboard man. (laughs) Just call me Michael Winslow. (laughs) Does anybody know who that is? There's there's a certain contingency of people who are old enough who are gonna be like, was that a character I don't remember from Family Matters? <laughs> and you're yeah, also Michael, wrong. Michael Winslow, the long lost uncle who does sound effects. Why didn't they do that? On God, that that's show? genius. That would have been yeah. very smart. Well, I should have been writing fucking '90s sitcoms. We were born too early or too late. Or too One late. But I think it was both. <laughs> too early to have money. Too late to. Have money. Have money. <laughs> too too early. Too late to prosper. Too early to perish in the fires of the apocalypse. <laughs> we gotta. Yeah, we have to live most of our lives before we get to do that. Cool. Sweet. Uh, believe it or not, this is not a doomsday prepper podcast. This is. Oh, it's not. But I prep so much. This is a Star Trek podcast where we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media and we we give you the once over and pick it apart. And then at the end of the episode, we tell you uh, whether it's worth your time or not with our patented Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality. (laughs) Ten, you turn into a catfish and go into the future. And then you fuck your captain and have babies and no one ever talks about it again. I wonder what the salamander babies are doing right now. They're probably like, where did mom and dad go? <laughs> They're probably dead. They were babies. They don't know how to take care of themselves. Babies are stupid. It's true. That's the M-class seal of guarantee. <laughs> babies are stupid and we hate them. <laughs> My cats are fighting each other viciously in the hallway. So. Did they find a straw like mine did? No. They have no straw outlet, so they take it out on each other. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Today, we are at the end of Daruma's Renaissance Fair collection. It feels like we've been in this collection my entire life, but I've loved it the whole time. I know. I'm going to be sad when it goes. Um, Can we do another Renaissance Fair collection? Well, depending on uh, when I remember to put up the collection suggestion, we might do another episode that I pick myself to pad out time for people to suggest. Well, you know, here's the thing about this show... (laughs) It's laid back. It's a laid back atmosphere. <laughs> Sometimes we forget that we do it. <laughs> this is true. Sometimes I'm like, wait, it's Tuesday. Oh shit, I have to edit the show. <laughs> Holy fuck, it comes out tomorrow? <laughs> oh man, good shit. Good uh, shit here. So this is uh, the tail end of this collection where we're going to wrap it up is uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 1, Episode 8, The Elysian Kingdom. Yeah, I watched Elysium starring Matt Damon. <laughs> I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> he has a robot suit. Uh, if any movie appealed to me less in the sci-fi genre, I couldn't remember one. Yeah, that one's pretty shitty. He goes up to Elysium, which is a space station, mm-hmm. and then he gets inside of a medical pod or something, uh-huh. and then everybody gets to go up there because reasons. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the guy from um, the District 9 is in it, but he's the bad guy. Wowee. So it's a different movie than District 9. <laughs> 
I see, I see. <laughs> I give it a two. I've also not seen District 9, so there is that. <laughs> They're just depressing, you know, like, depressing fucking sci-fi, like, straddling the cyberpunk genre. Straddling, huh? Yeah, because it's, like, also, like, Mad Max, so well, I don't know. Straddling kind of gets me on board. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any of that, though, in the movie. Uh, Strange New Worlds, Episode 1, Season 8, The Elysian Kingdom, written by Akela Cooper and Onitra Johnson, who don't have uh, any link to anywhere that I could find. Wow, and they're new. Directed by Amanda Rowe, who does have a link on the Memory Alpha, and it leads to a page that says, uh, Amanda Rowe, director of the Elysian Kingdom. Well, that's good. It's good that we got some new blood in here. Yeah, and this episode's, like, pretty fun, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah, this is a fun episode. Um, we'll, we'll get to the other part eventually, but we start yeah. out with a super fun episode where all the actors get to ham it up, have a great time. There's ham Spock's sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, except, uh, what's his name? Ethan Peck, who yeah. uh, does not have any fun whatsoever. <laughs> I don't think that guy's had any fun ever in his whole life. It's like you're given the role of, like, an evil, emo-looking wizard, and you just don't do anything with it? Come on. He's he's Spock. He's like, I'm going to play this as Spock. And everyone else is like, I'm going to invent a completely new character and just be goofy as fuck. (laughs) I I am a uh, huge fan of everybody's acting in this episode. Yeah, even, like, Umbenga, who's playing, like, it's straight, right? Like, he's adorable the whole time. He is. I want to hug him. His adorable king's outfit. (laughs) His little crown. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Umbenga has a problem in this series. We were introduced to it uh, less than three episodes ago, I think. Yeah, um, they took it from the Scotty episode of TNG. Yeah. Um, his daughter Rukia has uh, super cancer, <laughs> space disease X. Yeah, um, <laughs> it has a really dumb name, but I don't remember it, and it doesn't say it here. It's got it's like a name. It's like a fucking Lou Gehrig's disease, right? Like I think it has like a name, like like uh, that. I think it's. Got like a regular ass. You know what? I could just click one link and fucking I find don't, out, and I'm not doing it. <laughs> I just thought she had Lou Gehrig's disease. Signochemia. Oh, <laughs> never mind. I was super wrong. I knew this. The signoids gave it to her. Uh, Rakia has signochemia, and she's going to die soon. Umbenga yeah. is uh, br- keeping her inside of a pattern buffer in the transporter, a la um, Scotty in TNG. Yeah. and She's in the emergency medical transporter, I which guess. Which is something we have. Which they don't use too much, so nobody notices or some shit. Also, he's keeping it a secret, which seems to be, like, a bad idea. Also seems, Except, does it? Yeah. Well, it seems completely <laughs> unnecessary, because, like, when... Yeah. When the first officer on the ship finds out, she's like, all right. Yeah, she's like, that's fine. I, like, whatever. Like, uh, I don't I'm, think anybody a, in Starfleet would sp- care, yeah, right? Spoiler alert, I got a much bigger secret, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't ask about my much bigger secret. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's for next. That's for the next two episodes. Uh, but uh, Mbinga reads uh, Rukia a book 
uh, when he takes her out of the pattern buffer to run tests and stuff on her. It's called The Kingdom of Elysian by What a f- by oh, yeah. yes. Benny Russell. Hey, Benny! Who, uh, if you've never seen Deep Space Nine, you don't get that reference. But What a... What a great reference. That's amazing. It really is. It's it shows that the people making this show have seen Star Trek, which I which is unprecedented with new Star Trek. I, I mean, you it. would you would think that at at like what this is like what the third series they've made. Yes. Right? You'd think that they'd like have hit on that one before or two before, but this is really the first time in Star the new Star Trek where you're like, "Oh, people watch Star Trek who make yeah, this." Pretty That's much. Cool. It's, it's a brave new world, as we kept saying, right? Yeah, and then we got yelled at. <laughs> uh, the Kingdom of Elysian is about uh, King Ridley, who battles with the evil Queen Nev. Cool and, names. Nev, and Campbell, we Ridley, le- Scott. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we learn uh, right out the gate that King Ridley is betrayed by his court chamberlain, Sir yeah. Almond Roth. What a cool name. It is. He is hilarious. Pike is absolutely hilarious as his character lady. Yeah. But uh, the only ally King Ridley had was Princess Talia, <laughs> who brilliantly played in this episode. Oh, my God. Also, if you're a fan of heaving bosoms, this is going to be a great episode for I you. I am quite a fan <laughs> of heaving bosoms. The titties be tittying in this episode. <laughs> I mean... I thought maybe I liked, uh, what's her name, uh, Christina Chong. Like, yeah. this is one of those instances where, like, I didn't really like uh, Noonien Singh, whatever, La'an, La- La- that much. Yeah. And then this episode came along, and, like, I really liked Christina Chong, so it made me like La'an more. Yeah, I had a similar experience. Yeah. Like, she, out of everyone who hams it up in this episode, she hams it up three times harder. She puts them. the pedal to the metal, dude. It is. That's her dog, too, apparently. Yeah, and you can tell because that dog loves the hell out of her. In I, it's like licking her neck in the yeah. one scene, and she's like looking like, hmm. <laughs> Maybe we should redo this scene. No, but no. they just kept it. They kept that one in. Um, but Rukia interrupts the story, and she's like, I hate this part. And Umbinga's like, you're the one who told me to read it, you dumb child. Yo, what a hellish life. Yeah. I get fucking pulled out of a transport buffer and I gotta read the same book over and over again. Can you get a different book? Can't you, like, fucking have a book made from atoms <laughs> so that you can read something new? Dad Banga, go replicate yeah. a different book. G- fucking Cat in the Hat, anything. <laughs> Please. Dude, fucking war and peace for christ's sake at this point let's go rukia the galaxy's first space shipper is like i wanted the huntress and saradia to get together in the end yeah and, and he's like but that's not what happens that's not what she's happens. like she's like fuck you dad fuck you dad i'll write my own fan fiction fanfiction.net still exists <laughs> but he's like you know that was his uh his big choice at the end of the book to yeah. um keep the mercury stone or save princess talia this will come back later i like how they just like like it's not the philosopher's stone it's the mercury yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh umbinga tells her you know one day 
if you want a different ending so much, you can write your own stories and choose whatever ending you want. And she's like, but I have to get better first, right? And he's like, yeah. He's like, don't cry. <laughs> At some point, like, if I was her, I'd be like, so I'm dying, right? Like, there's no, <laughs> there's yeah, no other reason this would be going on. Dude, it sucks. It This is, like, such a shitty life for her. Yeah. Like, Well, th- this creates a situation where we instantly feel for Umbinga and we want to see how things turn out and we wish for like a happy ending for him. Yeah, instead uh, we don't really get a happy ending oh, kind of. We get we get the most forced happy ending perhaps in the history of Star Trek, but we'll get there. We get a six try it ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Umbinga immediately goes to his old-timey chemical compounds table. <laughs> I love how he's got like a fucking chemistry set. Like yeah. I guess it's still he's, a thing, he's got right? a mortar and pestle and like beakers <laughs> and a little and spoon for his sodium chloride yeah. or whatever the fuck. He he puts his sodium chloride into the vinegar and into the vinegar. <laughs> and he makes a fucking volcano with it. Yeah, it explodes in his face eventually. And I love that um, the med bay has like automatic. Shields that go up when chemical yeah. compounds get loose. Why don't it puts they have a little, that in the future? <laughs> it puts a little force field around it. But it, at, the, at the same time, I was like, that dude already breathed whatever yeah. the fuck that was in. That uh, horse is out of the stable in this one, dog. Yeah, he might need to go to the doctor. Oh wait, <laughs> oh. he have to go to the nurse, I guess. <laughs> uh, he's just sort of standing, staring at his chemical still when uh, number one comes in, and she's like, "Hey, why aren't you doing your job?" Like, yeah, uh, a Yo, shuttle crew up? came back several hours ago and hasn't been cleared for active duty. But what have you been up to for hours? And he's like, I've been breathing in these fucking sick chemicals, dude. Yeah, now I'm gonna hallucinate <laughs> this whole thing. But Umbenga's like, you know, I was in my research, and uh, she's like, Have you gotten any closer? And this is when we learn that he hasn't—he doesn't know anything new at all. He's still exactly where he was when we were introduced to the problem. Which yeah, sucks. he was like—he was like, "I'm making—I just made Kool-Aid at the end. That's yeah. all I did. It was delicious, but doesn't really help the situation. It, it was red. <laughs> um, I and I think number one doesn't really understand the problem very well because of Benga's like, "Oh, well, I'll clear them for active duty," and she's like, "Well, you go take a nap." Yeah. He's like, well, my daughter is going to die in, like, a couple hours, so... Yeah, and she's like, that's an order. Go to sleep, old man. It's an order. Take a nappy nap. You you have a timeout for not doing your fucking job. (laughs) She's like, the crew isn't going anywhere, and neither is Rukia. And I'm like, you don't fucking know that. I mean, I guess technically he could just leave her the fuck in there for a while. I guess. But, like, again, like, it's like... It's a cool, like, play on the iron lung, right? Yes, like, yeah, it is. It, it reminded me of, like, polio, like, people getting put in iron lungs. Like, that's your whole life at that point, then. And, like, that's kind of, like, her life, too. Yeah, except, like, when you're in the iron lung, you still exist as a person who's capable of, like, interacting with other people. And, yeah. But, like, to her, she is, like, waking up, uh, and it's, like, an instant after she went to sleep. Yeah, she doesn't have any... 
time perception. And she has to hear the goddamn Elysian Kingdom again. <laughs> it would, dude. I would be like, "This is hell, Dad. Like, this is hell. Please let me die from signochemia. <laughs> yeah. Please let me die from space polio. I is there don't a make a wish? Is there a Make a Wish Foundation? I wish for another book or the sweet release of death. <laughs> Whatever comes faster. <laughs> Whatever is easiest for you to do. Uh, Spock and Captain Pike are uh, running scans on a nebula. That's why we're here. And Captain oh, Pike's yeah. like, oh, I could get used to this good life with no battles and nothing going wrong. Yeah, he like sips a cup of Folgers and he's like, <laughs> the best part of space travel is doing science stuff. Oh, damn. <laughs> he reminds me of like a dad. He is very dad like. He's, he's like, uh, now everybody get your stuff ready. We're going to Splash Mountain next. <laughs> got, a, got a big day. <laughs> Big day ahead of us. Spock brings up uh, the human superstition about calling attention to good things by saying them aloud. Mm-hmm. And Pike's like, well, I never knew you were the su- superstitious type. Anyway, I'm going to go over here and everything's going to go great. And he this goes is, this, I, That interaction is super fun because it's very TOS. It's it like, is. It's like, man, like he, like how he turns it around on him. It's so, it's like. He's like poking fun at him, right? And it, I don't know. Making fun really of him fun. for being a green-blooded hobgoblin. Yeah, dude, <laughs> your differences are making you weird. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you're so different than me, you fucking freak. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a little jester. Or <laughs> uh, Ortegas is told to hit it after she asks him to say the thing. And he yeah, does. It. it's mad of that's funny, and uh, nothing happens. And he's like, "Well, I said hit it." And she's like, "Well, I I tried to hit it, sir, but nothing's happening." She's like, "I'm hitting it." <laughs> there is apparently a minor synchroton flux from the nebula, which is a thing. Yeah, synchrotons. Why not? Synchroton, signochemia. It's all things we know. Kool Aid. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Spock is like, uh, I think that's affecting our warp capabilities, or you did, in fact, jinx it. <laughs> and Pike's like, haha, let's hope that's all we have to worry about, Mr. Spock. And then I looked at the timer on the episode, and I was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, there's like 47 minutes left. <laughs> I think you got something new to worry about. Something's gonna happen. Himmer. Is there and he's he's done in uh, engineering and he's like, well, we still have warp capability, but like, I, I guess Spock could be right, whatever. Yeah, I like one of the things I like about Hammer is like, uh, instead of having him play blind, they're just like, you can see shit. Yeah, like he he has all these <laughs> other senses and shit, yeah. so it's fine. They're like, just don't even pretend to be blind. Just no, your like, fucking looks directly at people yeah. when he's talking to him and shit. Yeah. So. He looks at the screen. Like, why is he even on the fucking screen, yeah, right? Yeah, that's like, a good question. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Hammer's like, yeah, just use impulse. And when they turn it on, the ship just fucking implodes on itself. Yeah, they and left the e-brake on and they put it in the first, so. Ortega's yeah. fucking, like, foreheads directly into the console and rolls off of it. Yeah, that'll come back later, <clears throat> or not. It doesn't. Um, like... <laughs> And Pike calls him Benga to the bridge for a medical emergency, and he's like, I'm on my way, I'm in a turbo lift. And he's, he's like, bridge, but then he starts, like, nodding off, right? Oh, and this, yeah. this is, of course, a misdirect. 
Yeah. Uh, but when he shows up on the ship, uh, on the um, uh, bridge. De- bridge. Why did I forget the word bridge? Because you don't like bridges. You are always like, bridges are terrible. I don't, affront to God. I, I just think that if humans were meant to get over there... <laughs> We would have had bridges in our bodies already. That's all I'm saying. I know, and he makes a good point. Um, I love a good bridge before the bridge people come to get me. I love a bridge. <laughs> the bridge gatekeeper Before the trolls that live under the bridge come to get me. But Mbenga uh, walks out onto the bridge, and everybody is dressed up like a renaissance fair, which is really good for this collection. Yeah, what a way to end it. Also, like, the bridge looks way better than it did before. The bridge Just is, saying. like, bannered out and shit. It looks great. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of the last episode on Lower Decks when they're all fucking barding it up in there and shit, you know? <laughs> Pretty much. But uh, Pike comes up, and he's dressed, like, in a frilly sort of, like, renaissance high society outfit. And he, like bows with his cape up he's like all hail the king and they all yell yeah. out and umbinga says what well, we're all thinking what the hell yeah he's like uh is this a joke <laughs> umbinga has this thing where he's constantly hoarsely whispering everything he says yeah that i like it really works for him it gives him a signature that i appreciate I was thinking about Umbenga, and like really, this whole series in general is like, uh, how do you get, to, like, how do you write characters on the Enterprise that mostly aren't from TOS? And then they did that, and then yeah. I loved every single one of them. Well, that's the thing about TNG that a lot of like diehard TNG fans would never really admit is that every character on TNG is based somewhat on a character from TOS. There's yeah. some DNA of a character. Yes. And it's poetry. It repeats itself. <laughs> this show has Pike, who's very much like a Kirk type character. And of course it yeah. does have Spock, but like even Uhura isn't really fulfilling the same role that she did. No, Uhura's not. Yeah, she's not really a, she's like a different Uhura. Yeah. Like, every character is completely original to who they are. Like, um, Hammer has this sort of, like... He he seemed like he was going to be a very intense, angry guy to begin with. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's actually quite, like, uh, sarcastic and... Yeah, he's funny. He's got, like, a spiritualness to him as well that's really nice. Yeah, he's, he's a telepath, like... Because the Anar are telepathic Andorians, right? Yeah. So he's he's like almost closer to Spock, right? Like he's like almost like another Spock guy, sorta. I mean, he's he's definitely more emotionally available as a character. He's not Scotty though. Like that's no, he's that's, nothing that's, like that's, yeah. he's nothing like Jordy either. Yeah, I would say that maybe Ortegas is kind of like Chekhov, and that they're kind of young. <laughs> sure, but Ortegas but, has this sort of like cockiness tour that's like very different yeah. than the uh false bravado that Chekhov had about being Russian. Yeah, I like Ortegas a lot more than I like Chekhov. I do too, actually. Well I like yeah. Ortegas a lot. She's like one of my favorite characters on the yeah. show. But um what the hell, he says. <laughs> and 
Umbinga's like, well, I was here to attend to Ortegas. And Pike's like, who? Wait, do you like, mean Sir Audia? Like, how do you get that? <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's it's like forced narration, which is kind of yeah. funny, right? Because <laughs> you're like, okay. He's like, is this some kind of joke? Was this your idea at Ortegas? <laughs> and he's like, uh, Pike's like, oh, you want some entertainment? Let me call the court jester. Court jester! Court jester! <laughs> Umbinga's like, no, 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 none of that. He's like, uh, uh, Ixnay on the jester. <laughs> yeah, like, what were they gonna, who's gonna be the jester, I wonder? That would have been really funny if it was Spock. It should have um, been a, it should have been a, uh, uh, what do you call him? Fuck, oh my god, I'm fucking, I uh-oh. can't think today. Uh-oh. <laughs> it should have been a, the pig people. Oh, yeah, a Tellerite. A Tellerite, and he's, cause they're real small. I do love them Tellarites. <laughs> um, but he, he starts to realize, it dawns on him, that they're all dressed as specific characters from the book he's been reading his daughter, The Kingdom of Elysian. Yeah, we get these like little flashbacks of like him turning the page. And yeah, shit, we see right? like the art of the characters, which yeah. is really cool. I'm glad like an artist got paid for that. Yeah, it was neat that it was like it made the book like real. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he, he figures out that he's King Ridley, Ortegas is Sir Adia, and Pike is the Chamberlain, Sir Amund Roth. Yeah. And Mbenga's like, uh, this has to be some sort of a prank, right? And they, they just sort of like look at each other like, has the king gone crazy? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, wow. This is the only time in the episode that they those two agree on anything. Yeah. And they're hilarious bickering back and forth with yeah. each other. But he and Benga sits down in the captain's seat, which is the throne, of course. Of course. And Roth offers him a glass of wine, and Adi is like, Nothing gets to the king's lips that doesn't go through yeah. mine first. She's the taste tester. <laughs> And Roth is like, look, it's my job as Chamberlain to ensure the king's good health. And Sir Adi is like, your words could polish the finest of apples. Yeah. Perhaps your, your business would be better suited to the kitchen. Man, that was like a big time burn back in the 1340s. Like, you, your career was over at that point. You're not coming by. You would have to go to the kitchen. That was... It was like when John Stewart made fun of Tucker Carlson's ties. And then he Remember never that wore him again. Yeah, and he never <laughs> fucking. How do you get destroyed so badly that you never wear an article of clothing again? It only takes that one time, really. Because I mean, why is he wearing a bow tie? That was a good ass question. Howdy doody ass looking motherfucker. Um, Rotten hell, shithead. Yeah. Uh, Umbinga goes to the ship's computer, and they're like, he he means the Oracle. Yeah, the Oracle, yep. Uh, but it turns <laughs> out everything on the ship is fine, according to the computer, which, I don't know, seems like it should pick up something being wrong. <laughs> I guess the computer also is under the influence of the cloud, or whatever they call it, then. He's like, I'm, I'm headed to sickbay, and Roth is like, yes, to sickbay, uh... Am I going to have to commandeer a ship? Because <laughs> it's a bay. <laughs> and uh, Idiot. we learn about the dreadful fog that has overtaken the kingdom. That nebula it. they're in. Yeah. It's dreadful. 
the mysterious <laughs> smoky wall. The smoky wall. And uh, Sir Adi is like, I, I, it was sent by Queen Nev. It's powerful sorcery. A coward's weapon. <laughs> and she's like, I'll take a sword fight any day. And she's whipping that thing out any chance she gets, Yeah, and dude. the sword is almost as tall as she is. <laughs> it's gotta be, like, it's a regular sword, but it's like a broad sword to yeah, her. It's like a regular sword, but she's like 5'1 or something. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's really creeping up on the same size as her, which is really <laughs> fun. Yeah. But uh, Mbenga's like, let's head uh, down t- to the uh, sick bay. I need to get a... A magical device called a tricorder. <laughs> and he's like, nobody fucking follow me. I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> he's like, you stay here. I love the look that uh, Pike gives to uh, Adia. Like, when she, like, she says something to him, right? And then... Like they're like, mm. and he like does this like eye roll. He does this like extreme eye roll, and it's, you're like, All they're right. so fucking funny as these yeah. characters. <laughs> uh, when he uh, gets back down to sick bay, he starts going through the corridors, but there's like trees and fireflies and vines and like torches lit everywhere. Man, this has got to be so fun to set design this yeah. like. What a what a dude! I'd be like, can we just like keep it like? This? This <laughs> can rules. this just be the ship from now on? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he enters sick bay, and it turns out that this is uh, Nurse Chapel as Lady Audrey's uh, apothecary. Yeah, she's like a yeah, like a alchemist. Yeah. right? she's got really cool hair in this scene. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> she's got those big eyes, man. You do love some big eyes. Big brown eyes? I don't know. If he has brown eyes. I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I'm looking in your big brown eyes. La 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 la. Yeah. Sing it. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> that's a song about fucking. Yeah, that's the missionary sex. <laughs> but uh, Lady Audrey, it's her apothecary, and she's like, uh, it's it's uh, been too long since you came here. You're so full of like anger and evil i must expunge it from yeah. you your uh, your humors are off <laughs> and he starts tricordering <laughs> himself and then when she starts talking he just turns it on her immediately yeah and he's like oh you're you have elevated dopamine levels she's like dopamine <laughs> Uh, Sir Audia comes in, and she's like, Look, I'm sorry for disobeying your orders, but Princess Talia insisted. Yep, yep. And Lon, like, Disney princesses her way into the room. Dude, she's wearing a <laughs> gown that is, like, I mean, it's, like, over the top. Yes. Like, it's just over gigantic, the fuck, yeah. Hundred times embroidered gown. Fucking poofy ass long ass train you know like dude and she is milking it for everything she can just like spinning and twisting and swaying the whole time yeah and she has the dog she's holding a puppy (laughs) (laughs) it's the same rooney but she calls it woonie or something runa is it runa that's i think it's a real name too and uh, there is an article for runa that you can click on on memory alpha is it a real name uh, let's find out together. Let's look at the puppy. <laughs> let's all look at the puppy. Everybody go to this page. 
Runa was portrayed by Runa Ewok, a yeah. dog owned what by Christina Chong. <laughs> what a great He does look like a little Ewok, too. That's an amazing name. Runa Ewok. <laughs> but uh, she's like holding the dog and she's like, uh, Queen Nev and her crimson god have invaded my kingdom searching for your mercury stone. Yeah, she's like, please tell me you have it. And he's like, I do? Yeah, he's like, he's like sure. <laughs> the, store, the stone is safe. And uh, Lon, who's um, Princess Talia, is like, uh, you need to use the power of that stone or Queen Nev will enslave us all. Mm-hmm. And Umbenga starts tricordering her. Yeah. And when she starts singing, like, Nurse Chapel's like, what are her dopamine levels? (laughs) (laughs) What a great fucking fun, like, fish out of water, but not... You know what I mean? Yeah, where any character could be a fish out of water at any second. Yep, yep. Very funny. But yeah, uh, when when fucking when she sings though, when she's like, "If you survive, I'll sing a miraculous song or whatever." And at the end, she just starts going, Whoa, oh, and the Whoa. and the dog doesn't even give a shit. No, like she does this at home. Used to it. Yeah, she she's starts making singer. Mario sounds at the end of yeah. the song, <laughs> full, singing a full aria in the middle of sick bay. Um. Sir, uh, Sir Adi is like, look, why don't I just lead and attack your armies against the Crimson Guard and just start chopping heads? Yeah. And Umbing is like, let's avoid any unnecessary head chopping. <laughs> <laughs> they run out in the hallway because Hemmer is like, unhand me, I'm your superior officer. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a wizard cloak. I do love that he gets to be a wizard. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like, because it's kind of like the Merlin thing. Like, it was, like, in, in the story, right? Like, Merlin just knew some science, so he was magical because yeah. he knew about, like, shit. The reason why Merlin is a wizard in the original tales is just because he knows a lot of shit. It has, yeah, he he's do just smart. any magic for the most part. Yeah. He's just is like, oh, that's, uh, that's like, basalt. And they're like, he's a wizard! Yeah, don't eat that plant, it's poisonous. How did you oh, know? Wizard magic! What happens to Hammer in the hallway? Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. One taste of new sugar-free Jello jelly, and you're gonna give in, give in, give in to the taste. Cool and refreshing, deliciously tempting. This is sugar-free? How can it be? Give in, give in. New sugar-free Jello gelatin is sweetened with natural-tasting NutraSweet, and it has just eight calories. New sugar-free Jello gelatin. Welcome back from those messages. Hopefully, you bought that good or service. And man, hopefully, you can hear the pitter patter of raindrops on my window right now because it's damn soothing. Oh, is it? Are we doing like an ASMR podcast? It's an ASMR podcast. Can we get Umbenga to whisper yet? <laughs> whisper gruffly at us? The ASMR doctor, Umbenga. <laughs> That's how he treats his patients. He uh, does Reiki on them. <laughs> he kicks seven martial artists' ass at the same moment with his Reiki. 
<laughs> he fucks their chakras up, dude. They run at him and just bounce off his fucking human shield that he has. <laughs> his energy shield. Um, Hammer's being dragged down the hallway by two people in armor. Uh, you know what I found fucked up about this episode now that I'm uh, just in a bitter-ass mood? Yeah. Uh, I found it fucked up that this episode has uh, far better costuming than the goddamn Lord of the Rings show. <laughs> How is that possible? And, like, before anybody comes at me, I really like the Lord of the Rings show. I just yeah. think the costuming sucks dick. Yeah, the human outfits in that show are bad. God, they're know. terrible. They look... Except for Galadriel's armor. That shit is tight. Yeah. Also, Galadriel? Oh, True. But, like, <laughs> her armor is, like, sick as fuck. And then she's standing next to, like, the jankiest fucking... Not... They wouldn't even wear this shit at medieval times. Yeah, like, it's it looks, just garbage. It's too normal. It's like too normal. Yeah, they're all wearing like off-white fucking eggshell armor. What is this? <laughs> anyway, spoiler alert: they wear armor in the new oh, ranks. Oh fuck, we're gonna get so many re- fucking reviews, dude. Hammer's being dragged down the hallway. He's wearing wizard robes, like literally dragged. Like <laughs> Mitchell yeah. is the leader of the Crimson Guard, and she has like a big, big like slash over one eye. She has a big scar. Yeah, she's bad. And she's. I like, like how they're the Crimson Guard. They're the red shirts, right? Yeah, of course. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> and uh, I didn't pick that up. That's very yep. clever. Yep. Um, <laughs> she's like, you'll you'll be punished for your crimes, wizard. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And, she, <laughs> and this cloak just appeared on me. And she's like, more proof of your magic. <laughs> That's such a fucking witch trial ass reasoning. It really is. <laughs> Lady Talia comes up and like Umbenga and everybody is behind her and she's like, "That's the evil Crimson Guard." Yeah. And you need to stand down, or King Ridley will strike fear into your evil hearts with his great power. <laughs> and Umbenga's like, "He's the wizard caster." Yeah. Which is, uh, I thought was Caster, like, because his brother's name is Pollux. Let's, they're the stars, yeah. So I thought it was C-A-S-T-O-R, but it's not. It's Caster, like, the class. Like a, uh, like a spell caster? Yeah. That's funny. That's I, weak they as must, fuck. His name is Wizard named Wizard. <laughs> that's funny, though, because you think it's the star, because that yeah. makes sense, but it's not. But uh, we learned that Ridley is known as the False King... And uh, he needs to give up the Mercury Stone. And uh, Queen Nev no longer accepts the letters of Accord. She's breaking all the goddamn Accords. She's taking neutral territory. Yep. And she's going to take King Ridley's kingdom, too. Yeah, the forest is not... It's hers now. She annexed it. <laughs> and they, they drag him into a turbo lift, which really makes you wonder, like, what do they think that is? <laughs> yeah, I like when, like, later when, like, Spock shows up and he's like, I know a secret way. It's like a fucking Jeffrey tube. And you're like, <laughs> well, yeah. Like, <laughs> he calls it a dark way, but it's pretty well lit. Yeah, they call it a tunnel. <laughs> it is pretty well lit. But uh, Umbenga's like, Hammer, is that you? And he's like, Doctor, everyone's lost their minds! <laughs> and the door closes. And they're like, look, we gotta use this mercury stone thing, I think. We gotta use yeah. that. Yeah. Let's get the ring. The ring of power out. And Let's go. Umbenga's like, look, 
I don't really have it. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. He's like, Oopsie. look, Caster knows where it is, so we gotta go save Caster. Yeah. It's a, it's a good plan. <laughs> I guess. We get to see a map of the Kingdom of Elysian, which is just uh, the Enterprise. It's a map of the Enterprise. But they're pushing those little fucking, like, uh, like risk things around. Oh, yeah, little, little gates and shit. Yeah. Little game pieces. And Stratego. Caster's <laughs> been being held in Queen Nev's dungeons in the center of her round, surrounded by her most powerful forces and deadliest weapons. Damn. And this Queen Nev sounds like she's on to something. <laughs> and Roth is like, I would be better suited here. Yep. And he's like, my God, man, you're coming with me. Because <laughs> he's like, well, we'll do diplomacy. And Sir Artie is like, look, we need to just uh, get in there, get that Mercury Stone, and destroy everybody. Because I'm tired Cut their heads of off. Tired of trying to hear everyone over the Chamberlain's trembling boots. Yeah, and then she says, Starfall is thirsty. <laughs> She's a stupid name for a sword. It's <laughs> a great name for a sword. Starfall is fucking cool as I fun. think that's the name of the Valerian sword in Game of Thrones that the Dornish have. Because it came nothing to me. It, it came from a meteor, so they called it How Starfall. How many swords do they got in Game of Thrones? Like, a lot. Damn. Like, at least five. <laughs> I clicked on, like, Starfall is like a link here. And I was like, oh, okay. And I clicked on it, and Starfall is a Star Trek The Next Generation Starfleet Academy young adult novel. The eighth in the series. That's fun. It's apparently about Picard's uh, entrance exam to Starfleet Academy. Wow, a book about an entrance exam? (laughs) Wow. Well, that's Star Trek as fuck, isn't it? Here's an extremely (laughs) boring subject that we're going to make fun. It has actual Cliff's notes of the essay he wrote. <laughs> in case you need to write an essay to get in. <laughs> They're just bickering and Bingo's like, look, shut the fuck up. You're yeah. going to take me to Queen Nev with as little bickering as possible. He's over it. Princess Tali is like, what about me and Runa? <laughs> and Bingo's like, well, you sh- Runa should stay behind and you should stay here to protect her. And she's like, a wise decision, my yeah. king. And that's when she does her song of mourning. That's what it is. That's what, yeah, yeah. An epic song of mourning. Of mourning. <laughs> so fucking funny. She is Belts like, it out, dude. She's the MVP of this episode. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it made me... I'm, this episode and the episode where they go do the Enterprise bingo... Oh yeah, that's a fun one as that, well. That those are two great Laon episodes. Like Um They they meet Spock in the woods, which again is just a corridor. And yeah. uh Mbenga's like, Oh, it's the wizard Pollux. Yeah. And he's like, What are you doing here, you foolish king? <laughs> and he's the worst actor in the yeah. whole show. He's really bad. <laughs> He's good as he's good as Spock, but we learned that yeah. he doesn't really have a whole lot of range in this episode. Well, Again, he like, could be playing Spock playing this character. That's what but, he's doing, I think. But that's compared to everybody else. Yeah, no one else is boring. doing that. Yeah, it's boring. <laughs> but um 
uh, Adia's like, uh, let's just march in and take Caster. And Pollux is like, you'd have to go through the swamp of infinite deaths. <laughs> it's like, where's the swamp? I wanted to see the swamp. I was hoping yeah, we get to see it. What is the swamp? I want to know. We don't get to see the swamp. <laughs> Do they have rouses there? What's a rouse? Rodents of unusual size. Oh, it's from that movie. <laughs> it's from The Princess Bride. Yeah. That's I a favorite remember. of mine. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Pollux, Pollux is like, there's only one route to Queen Nev's realm that'll take you straight through it. But it's a dark realm. I hate oh, shit. And uh, Roth is like, well, let's just go back then. <laughs> yep. Audie's like, I would die infinite deaths just to no longer hear your whining. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Pollux is like, look, I'll help you if you um, agree to not just use my brother for his power, but to truly help him. Yeah, my favorite line is when uh, Mbenga's like, we're, we're going to try to save your brother. And he's like, and uh, Pollux is like, how did you know? <laughs> it's like I, a fucking like, robot. How did you know? He's like, I how read did you know? Book. <laughs> yep. It's Which honestly, good. like, if someone knew I had a brother and I'd never told them, and they said I read it in a book, I'd be like, "What?" That leaves even further questions. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, the dark way around the swamp is Jeffrey's tube, the tunnel yep. leading to Nev's dungeons. They're like looking at it like it's ominous, and it's like, <laughs> "What?" It's just goofy. But uh, they they don't come out in the dungeons at the other side. They come out in the throne room of Queen Nev. Well, that was a really, really quick tunnel to get there. No doubt. And Uhura <laughs> is also heaving against her dress. Oh, man. You're big I, into heaving. This is your I, episode. I hate this episode. <laughs> All these beautiful actresses with their bosoms out? Oh, God. Bosoms on television? <laughs> uh, she, she's like, now kneel, and Roth just immediately drops down. He kneels, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, give me the Mercury Stone. And, and Bingo's like, well, I don't really know where it is. Yeah. And she's like, well, I'll just let my torturers get the information out of you. They love their work. They search everywhere. Yeah. It's like, it, just yeah. tell them they're going to shove stuff up their ass. Yeah, that was like a not-so-subtle, like, you're going to get something put in your butthole. We're going to search like, in every orifice you got. Yeah. Twice in the butt. I'd have been like, is Queen Nev doing the search? <laughs> <laughs> We're learning about Josh in this episode. Because... Ah, maybe it's in my butt. Oh, no. <laughs> but she's like, uh, you'll be compensated well for your loyalty, Pollux. Oh, shit. He'll turn. He'll turn, even though he was never actually very yeah. much of a good guy to begin with. But you assume he is because Spock is, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, they get thrown into the dungeon, which is a transporter room with bars on it. Yeah, what a fucking <laughs> <laughs> stupid dungeon. And Roth is just freaking out. The walls are closing in yeah. on me. He's claustrophobic. And Mbenga and Hammer have this whole conversation. Because they're the only two on the ship who aren't nuts. Yeah. Um, right in front of Adia, he's like, uh, uh, Mbenga's like, I didn't really care about the stone. I just wanted to <laughs> rescue you because you're normal. 
<laughs> and Adi is in the background. Like I'd be like, wait a minute, wait a goddamn minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm fuck? gonna grind this episode to a halt. What is going on here? <laughs> Back it up. Beep beep beep. But uh, in the story, Caster knows where the Mercury Stone is. Of course, Hammer has no fucking clue. Yeah. But um, the big reveal is that a consciousness had pressed against Hammer's, and uh, he had to block it completely because, in his own words. It was unpleasant, like having his brain squeeze through his nose. Yeah, well, it's probably better than what happens to him in the next episode. Uh, and then Audie is like, I've done that to a guy once. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but uh, they figured that they had pulled the, the entity had pulled the story from Mbinga's mind. Yeah, that's why he's normal, I guess. I, they don't yeah. really explain that so much, but... Kind of makes sense later. But uh, he was able to determine that the entity wasn't on the ship, but in the Genesian nebula that they had been scanning itself. Yeah. I think Umbenga's like, can you t- talk to it again? And Hammer's like, fuck no, dude. Yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> He's like, that shit's crazy. That's why I turned it off. It's too I much. I just turned that part of my brain off. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, just shut um, it down. But, like... They need to use the ship's scanners. And Hammer's like, yeah, let's just escape. I got this powerful magic called science. <laughs> it's he funny. uses a laser cutter. And he's like, what would a human magician say? It's so good. It's abracadabra. Abracadabra. And he's like, I like that. And then he's yeah. like, don't look at it. You'll go blind. You'll go blind. <laughs> and like, what about you? And instead of being like, I'm blind, he yeah. just went, I am a wizard. <laughs> I'm a wizard. It's so good. He's having it's a so great good. time being a wizard, yeah. as all of us would. Yep. <laughs> I like how he just has, like, a fucking torch in his pocket. Yeah. And it's like a wand. Like, it's a magic wand, right? Absolutely. Like, it, it looks like a wand. Sarati is like, oh, I like this science magic. Yep, yep. And Hammer does the six-shooter smoke blow-off at the end of the cutter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we cut back to Queen Nev, and she's like, the prisoners have escaped. Yeah, she's flipping out. Yeah, Caster conjured them out. Yep. And uh, you need to get the fuck out here or I'm going to cut your goddamn heads off. I'm going to give the Crimson Guard one last chance. Yeah, way to, like, fuck up your only crew that you have. Yeah. Threatening them and shit. That's not... Very 80s, like, cartoon villain where they just yeah, keep it's... destroying their own henchmen. Yeah, it's the fucking uh, Willow Witch, whatever her name is. Willow was a good guy. I don't know what you're mom, talking about. Mom of Sorsha. I know the daughter's name. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Queen, the Emperor, but yeah. Queen, <laughs> the girl Emperor. Queen Nev? Queen Maeve. Maeve, yeah, yeah. Or okay. Mab. Queen Something Mab. Like Mabe. Uh, <laughs> I guess we know who Queen Nev was named after now. There you go, um, yeah. But she sends Pollux as well, because, you know, one caster has to defeat another caster. Wizard fight. Uh, Hammer's like, we just need to get to the scanners, and then the Crimson Guards show up, and uh, Sir Audia gets the badass scene, where she's like, get out of the way, and Mitchell's yeah. like, or what? You're unarmed. She immediately knocks one of the guards out and takes his sword. She's like, I have armed myself. It's so good, dude. <laughs> Everyone gets their moment. It's they really do. cool. And they have this like big, cool sword fight scene where... It's actually Adia, pretty good. Yeah, Adia like, whips ass throughout the yeah. whole scene. She's very it's, like Leonardo, though, because she never actually hits anybody with the blade. <laughs> yeah, she like 
I don't know, like, I guess hits him, like, punches him instead? Yeah, yeah. punches and kicks him and hits him with the uh, pommel. I guess in the book they don't talk about... Or, like, maybe the uh, the entity was like, I don't want these people to die. Well, you would think that, but uh, Roth runs away and then a bunch of arrows shoot overhead and kill everybody in the hallway except Mitchell. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's right! And Mitchell runs away. And uh, Pollux like Pollux fully ditches before Mitchell even runs away. Pollux yeah, is like, he like fuck this. General Grievous is out. He's like bye. <laughs> but uh, number one comes in and she's Zamira the Huntress. Yeah, number one. And she's like, hey, Sir Audio, wink, wink, wonk. It's been a long time. <laughs> and Hammer's like, can we just fucking go to engineering? <laughs> Yeah, he's like, this is bullshit. This is stupid. <laughs> and I love that... I love that Umbinga's like, yeah, we need to get an end to this fantasy before someone seriously gets hurt, he says as he steps over the dead bodies of his own crew. Yeah, maybe he just he's, doesn't know them and he thinks they're not real. <laughs> maybe. I've never seen this guy before. This guy just got transferred, not my friend. <laughs> not my problem. Himmer's like, yeah, they get to the engineering and start doing scans, and he's like, oh, there's like a a single entity inside the nebula, but it has no signs of a physical body. Yeah. Which, like, I don't remember. Did they ever come across anything like that in Enterprise? Uh, They come across the, um, what are they called? The, uh... Fuck. It starts with an O, I think. The things that, like, occupy people and make them do weird shit. They come across those. And they don't have a physical body, but they have, like, a... a they're kind of like a ball of light, sort of. Well, that... I mean, like, the fact that that happened and, and then this happened at least lends credence to the idea in, like, TOS that they're so fucking used to this happening. Yeah, there's tons <laughs> of hands. Green hands Giant green and hands in yeah. space. Yeah, fuck it, yeah. <laughs> Hammer's like, do you know the theory of the Boltzmann brain? Yeah. It's a spontaneously generated consciousness. So one day, out of nothing, an all-powerful being just appears. Not out of nothing, I would say. And this consciousness has somehow trapped our ship in the nebula and turned the crew into characters from a book I've read, Venga <laughs> says. He's like, and he's like, yep. He's like, well, he's like, at least it's it like made you the hero of the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd have been like, it's like that episode of Futurama where Bender gets launched into space. <laughs> yeah, the, the crew of the Starship Enterprise definitely know about episodes of Futurama. They probably sleep to it like I do. They'd be like, hey, wait a second. What are all these references to things that have happened to us? What is they this? Profits. <laughs> well, like, it's like The Simpsons predicts the future. Maybe Futurama does. Maybe. He's like, well, you seem to be the source of the problem, Mbengo. Like, you read the story. It's like, some. we need to sever that connection. Like, we need to hurt you. Yeah. And Adi is like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Yeah. You little bitch. I'll have you know that I'm a Navy SEAL. And I've been on 500 <laughs> missions. He does the whole copy pasta. It was weird. Uh... Holy fuck, dude. But Umbinga's like, look, stand down. And Zamira the Huntress is like, I'll shoot him with an arrow. Yeah, I like how Zamira's kind of an idiot. Like, she's just like, whatever. I thought we were trying to hurt the king. <laughs> she's like, I would never let you do that to the she's king. Like, I'm 
I've sworn to protect him. You've never understood my service. Yeah, yeah. And Hammer's <laughs> like, uh, well, maybe it was your differences that brought you together. And they're like, huh? Maybe. Yeah. When do they? When are they like? Oh, I know Sir Adia. Oh yeah. I, and Benga's I, like, well, wait, yeah. something's wrong. You two never yes. met. She's like, well, I hate to go against what you're saying, my liege, but uh, I know her very, very well. Very and well. Like, very well. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the smirk. <laughs> yeah, and they just like side eye each other. He's like, well, my daughter Rukia wanted the two of them to join forces and save King Ridley. She hated how the story ended to begin. Yeah. With. She wanted them to team up. Mm-hmm. And Hammer's like, well, so the story wasn't taken from you, but from your daughter? <gasps> we need to find Rukia. Where's Rukia? And then and Benga's like, well, and he pulls his collar and he goes, Boo! I've kind of been in prisoner and a pattern buffer. Like a true hell on earth, but don't think about it too much. <laughs> but he goes to the pattern buffer, and it's empty. Oh, no. Rukia's gone. Shit. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. God. Uh, she's been taken out of the pattern buffer at 0845 this morning. Being yeah. somewhere on the ship, but the computer will not tell him where fucking computer what good are you it's like look hammer my daughter's sick she got space polio we need <laughs> to get her back in that buffer before she space dies <laughs> which also is real death yeah if you didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> but rookie is the key to get us out of the situation and then pollux is like sneaking s- sneaky snaking outside the door slinking yeah, he's slinking he's like haha i need to tell queen nev <laughs> except he doesn't do anything <laughs> Cool. He's like worm tongue. <laughs> Except he doesn't no, do anything fun or cool. He's like, I must tell Queen Nev. Yeah. I am a robot in this episode. Nev's like, the Mercury Stone is just a little girl. Let's kidnap her. <laughs> yeah, let's kidnap her. Yeah. And Pollux is like, well, how do we do that? He's like, uh, it's called kidnapping. It's self explanatory. She's a kid, you napper. He is nabber. Why isn't it called kidnapping? It might have been at one point, and then we like made it bad because English is dumb. English is. Uh, I took a class on linguistics once, and I, what I yeah. learned is that English has developed due to sheer laziness. Yeah, like we just we like don't want to say shit anymore, so we just say yeah, like absolutely, yeah. Like we can't even say yes. We go, say, yeah, yeah. It's like we got two letters into yes, and we were like yeah. <laughs> Uh, just like fucking like gorillas. Uh. <laughs> the Crimson Guard bring in Captain Pike slash uh, Chamberlain Ro- Roth, and he's like, "I'm too young to die, please." Oh God, he's no. so funny in this episode. Yeah, he's great. It's hard to tell who is more over the top. It's, it's true. really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> he's like, "I demand your loyalty," and he's like, "That's it." Yeah, okay. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he drops down to the ground immediately. <laughs> yep. Uh, back in sick bay, Nurse Chapel is mixing a cauldron as, yep. as she does. Yep. And Zamira just fucking pisses off. She's like, "I must heed the forest call." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Bingus is like, "Look, we gotta find Rukia." 
And Hammer's yeah, like, well, where would your daughter want to go? Yeah. And earlier in the episode, she said, will I get to see your quarters? Yeah. So he heads on down to the quarters. Like, which is weird, because it's like, yeah, I just have, like, regular-ass quarters. That, I, I mean, see, I guess it makes sense. Like, well, like she lives in sickbay. Anything's an upgrade, yeah, right? Yeah, she lives inside of a computer, right? yeah. And uh, <laughs> Roth is there already. And uh, Umbenga has apparently forgotten the story, because he's like, oh, Roth, cool. <laughs> right, right. I, I noticed that, too. I was like, why, like, why... Isn't he like, oh, here's where the betrayal happens, right? The thing about this episode in general is that we know that Umbenga has read this story to Rukia like a hundred thousand times. But Umbenga acts like he's read it like twice and years ago. He's like, oh yeah, this thing happened. I remember. But like, I can tell you absolutely everything that happens in The Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah, because I've seen it a million times. You also could have probably done that if you had only seen it twice, you know? Probably, like, yeah, because your brain works. But and I has mean, the memories. episode has to have that conceit, right? Because yeah. we have to find out along with him as things go. Yeah, it's sort of the episode sort of handicaps itself in that respect because, yeah, like I knew, like I, I when I first watched the episode, I was like, yeah, okay, so this is when he. Mm-hmm. Switches side, like obviously, right? Like we just like, saw why, the scene where he switched yeah, sides, you know? Yeah, but why does Mbenga not know that? Like, of course That's he a would. Good know question. That. I don't know. It's the conceit of the episode, I guess. But yeah, like, just... Roth pulls a knife on him and holds it to his throat. Uh, Queen Nev and the Crimson Crimson Guards show up, and Pollux is there. Everybody's goddamn there. Uh, Adia puts her sword down and Roth's like did you really think or Roth is like oh I'm sorry sir I had to do what I had to do yep yep and Queen Nev is pissed she's like you were gonna destroy everything I've worked for which is unknown to anyone what are we doing (laughs) yeah that wasn't written into the story so I don't know we're just really bad and Adi is like, oh, I should have known the Chamberlain would betray us. And Mbenga's like, ah, I should have remembered that from the book, too. Oh, Mbenga, my God, dude. Uh, Get some sleep, Mbenga. <laughs> Pollux is like, look, Caster, surrender. I'm the better wizard, and yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to die. Give me that mercury stone. Give me your daughter. Yep. And Mbenga's like, I will... Bring the full power of my powerful wizard power. Hammer yeah. <laughs> says that. Yeah, Hammer says that. Yeah. And uh, he he does the fucking abracadabra again mm-hmm. and beams them away. <laughs> Once again, the power of science prevails. Yeah. Also, that is magic. Like, yeah. And then he's that's like, pretty magic. He's like, was that too much? they go in and rookie is in there and there's like a a really like uh well like um shot like very cool color uh coded scene inside where it looks very sunset Mm mm-hmm and Mbenga scans rookie to see how she's doing with her signokemia and it turns out she has none of it She's health. Wow. That that was easy. Why don't we just fly to the magic nebula? Uh, I love everything about this episode up until now. Yeah, this is when things start to 
feel a little um how do I put this like little new trekky, right? A little Where bit. It's definitely like they They're wrapping it up here. We were introduced to this problem like a couple episodes ago. Yeah. And it seemed to be like to me anyway, and maybe like you can say that I just like picked up the signals wrong or whatever, but it seemed to be this was going to be the crux of Umbinga's character. That definitely the, is what they wanted you to think. Yeah. Like, I felt that, too, and I agree. Like, it seemed like this was going to be the crux of his character. Like, his daughter is sick, and he's searching for a cure. That's, like, right. an incredible storyline for a Starfleet doctor that we've never really seen before. Yeah, they even tease it a couple episodes prior when... I think they go to that planet where they, like, have no disease and shit, right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They tease it even then. So, yeah, you're. it's like a whole thing. and you. It's It you seems know. to be what they're building up for Umbinga's character arc for the rest of the series, or at least for yeah. a big chunk of it, and then it's solved two episodes later. In yeah, a it's fucking, like, the, like, fairy tale reenactment renaissance fair episode. Yeah, it's like they didn't want to, like, sliders or quantum leap it. Because, like, it can go on for too long, too, right? True. Like, like in Like in Voyager, like, we got well, there's another wormhole, you know what I mean? Like, but, but it's, it's, like you said, man, like, why would you end it on this episode? It would <laughs> like, be, like, in know. the Cupid episode, where uh, all of our heroes get transported to fucking Sherwood Forest. Yeah. And that's the episode where, like, Picard's heart gives out. And he yeah, has to, like, get a new heart in that episode. Yeah. Except that wasn't even that, like, foreshadowed. It would be, like, that's the episode where Riker and Troy get together. Yeah. For the rest of the series. Yeah. It, it's a big it's a big step on an episode that kind of feels just like a fun one-off, right? Yeah. Like, And it's I don't a know. big step this time way, way too soon, in my opinion. Like, you've left Dr. Umbenga with nothing yeah what you could have done is had rukia like have the the nebula entity be like well i can't cure her of this but i can like suspend her like disease for a while longer like she'll have years right like like if you that might be cheap too yeah i I, I can understand that better like the thing that i was thinking is like I mean, we can get through this, like, uh, her friend is the entity outside, and, like, yeah, um, yeah. all of this is coming from Rukia's mind. Right. And um, they use Hammer to um, sort of channel the entity so that they can speak with it. Yeah, he's possessed. And, um, well, I, this is going to take too long to get through, so I'll just say it. The, the way this ends, quote-unquote, for a second is that Rukia is taken into the nebula and we don't know what happens from then on out. If the yeah. episode would have ended right there, I would have been, been like, awesome. Yeah, I been like, yeah, well that's sort of a that's sort of a waste of Umbinga's storyline still cuz it's like 3 episodes later or whatever, but like But it would leave it open. It would leave it yeah. open. It's yeah. like bittersweet and we're yeah. left with an Umbinga who gave up his child and doesn't know. Whether yeah. she's like really out there and really happy anymore, we have an Umbinga that can be sort of like thoughtful about his decision and make future decisions based on it. Right, it changes his character arc, but for a a reason, right? Like, yeah. yeah. But instead of that, she appears instantaneously as an adult again. Yeah, this is the cheese. The cheese. Fa- I I think I like your idea. Yeah. I like that. 
that the entity says like look i can cure her but she has to come with me and he says okay yeah, and that's it that's all that's we it. know yeah but like yeah. instead it was this feels like a schmaltzy like yes. 80s 90s hollywood rewrite ending yes that wouldn't be in the like director's cut is this is yeah. like it's I so agree. schmaltzy and stupid. Like she shows up and she's like, "You made the right decision, Dad. I yeah, had she's nothing like, but happy adventures because you chose to do that." Yeah, she's like twenty-one, right? She's like older. She's like yeah. in her twenties, and she's like, "Yeah, yes, I. It's great. Me and my best friend, the Nebula, are best yeah. friends." Me and, and my it's best like friend Deborah, Deborah, <laughs> and like yeah. Uh, Umbenga's like brought to tears because he's like, Oh, that was your mother's name and you look so much like her and she's like, yeah. Well, I'm happy and safe now. You did the right thing. Bye bye. Yeah, they should have kept it like you don't know, and then brought it back at some point. Yeah, like Absolutely. Like, maybe he has like dreams about her or something and he's like, Am I like losing my fucking mind? You know what I mean? Like like how is this like a thing? Like I don't know. I would have done it uh, like, that you, you way. You could have had but... like a follow-up episode, right? Like now yeah. I'm just like completely writing fan fiction. But the end of this episode feels like fan fiction. It feels ba- like bad fan fiction. Yeah. Yes. But like, which I guess it is because she wrote it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> because I the guess kid so. wrote it. I don't know. But like, <laughs> she... <laughs> what you could have done is a follow-up episode. Like it ends when she disappears into the nebula. It's left nebulous. Yeah. What happens to her and everything. And then you like you said, have uh Mbenga have sort of dreams where she seems yeah. like she's trying to contact him. Yeah. And then in the follow up episode that happens maybe next season or like later in the season, yeah. have her come to the shit like it come to him in his dreams and he's kinda like a man possessed. He like takes yeah. control of the Enterprise and yes. takes it back to the Nebula. Yeah, he has to go back, right? And yeah, no, like, that's she what can I, appear yeah. as a twenty-one-year-old and tell him you made the right decision. Then that's fine, but like perhaps somebody is trying to tap into the Nebula and they had they called for help from Umbenga and the Enterprise. Yeah, it would be cool if they tried to like. Like, I don't know, you could even throw in, like, the Klingons. Like, they find the nebula or something, yeah. and they're like, this thing can cure things and does stuff, and we're going to use it as a weapon, or whatever the fuck, like right? Like, yeah, they're trying to, like, control it. Or even yeah. if you don't want to bring in a third party, have, like, the nebula not be capable of supporting Rukia's life any longer. Yeah. So, like, she has to come out, but the problem is when she comes out, she'll have the disease again. Right. Yeah. So they they have to make that decision. Like, can they create uh, an environment in the nebula to support her still, or can they cure her disease when she comes back out? Yeah. What's the right choice? Yeah. That's a Star Trek episode. This was yeah. a fun, romping, like, uh, light and breezy Star Trek episode that ended an entire character storyline forever. It ended it in zero to one hundred real quick. Yeah, <laughs> like, like pretty like, much the last ten minutes of this episode yeah. wraps up Doctor Umbenga's storyline for the rest of the series. Like you I can mean, give him a new storyline, sure, but like what a waste of the one he already had. Yeah, he's such a good character that like I'm not like so concerned that they won't make him interesting or whatever. Oh yeah, but, like figure something out for sure. But like like you said, like it is a waste. It's it seems it seems rushed, which is strange. Like it feels like to me like they really want to get to Scotty 
and Bones, and they want to put these characters in the show, right? Yeah, they definitely want to put Kirk in the show since he's in it. Yeah, yes, but yes. and like the next season is gonna have Kirk in it more. Yeah, and like, but I I will say like I'll I'll go on the record here. That guy's a pretty damn good Kirk. Yeah, I liked him. I like I liked that episode. It was a cool like yeah. what if episode, you know? Like pl- that's like Balance of Terror is one of my favorite yeah. episodes of Star yeah. Trek ever. And so the Romulan great. guy is amazing in that yes. episode. It's really great to see uh, sort of just like a fun what if take on that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But um, uh, I liked that guy. He's playing Kirk. He is not playing pop culture Kirk, and I appreciate yeah, that a, a lot. And same thing with um. Uh, Ethan Embry, what's uh, Ethan Peck? <laughs> Ethan Peck, I should know. Gregory Peck's grandson. Yeah, uh, he he plays like his own Spock, right? Like he's not doing a Spock impression. He's yeah. not like Zachary Quinto, who's like doing a Spock impression on fucking steroids. Like the angry Spock, the angry Spock. Yeah, and well, yeah, like, I like I like Ethan, Kirk. Ethan Peck really has a skill that, like, I've talked about a few times on the show, like, it takes a certain skill to play a Vulcan and not come off like a asshole. Yeah. And he's yeah. really good at that. Like, they're, uh, they're pretty much everybody who's played, like, a big-name Vulcan has been really good at that, and everyone who's played a small-name Vulcan has been terrible. He does the eyebrow raise really well. Yes. I would say 100% more eyebrow raise, and we're gr- we're good to go. That's, <laughs> we're, we're fine. Well, pretty much, like, she appears back, and she's like, great job, Dad, you did everything right. Anyway, bye, that's the end of your story. Yeah. And uh, everybody's back in their uniforms, and no one remembers the four or five hours that uh, all this took. Yeah, how do you explain that if you're in Benga, and and then now you got to deal with, like, nobody knew about your daughter in the first place except number one, and now you got to fucking write a report about this shit? (laughs) And the thing is, like... He's doing the medical officer's report until the very end. So he's reporting on all this shit happening. Yeah. So they know by the the end of his report. Right. But, like, he uh, he's, like, looking at the kingdom of Elysian in his hands. And uh, number one comes in and she's like, Joseph, what are you, what, what are you doing? Where's Rukia? He's like, well, she's alive, she's good, she's safe. If I was number one, I would have been like, okay, did you find a cure? Yeah, I'd be like, what does that mean? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but he's like, you know, I've been through something extraordinary and no one on the ship remembers. And she's like, wait, you know what happened during the missing five hours? (laughs) so lame. It's so lame. And he's like, yeah. (laughs) She's like, sounds like a hell of a story. He's like, it begins like all good stories. Once upon a time. How did they drop the ball this hard in the last ten minutes of the episode? (laughs) Yeah, they really rushed this ending. I I don't know. This feels like you said, like a rewrite. This feels like a rewrite. They didn't like how sad it was, maybe. Maybe she fucking dies in the first part. Maybe. Who knows, right? Well, like, like It does feel like a huge rewrite. And like yeah. the thing that really strikes me is that there's no tension in the episode, which is normal in an episode where there are no real stakes, like a Cupid. Yeah. Or, like, there's no real tension, but like this is the end of Umbenga's story arc with his daughter. And there's no yeah, tension. He just- 
Yeah, he went through hell, but he went through, like, the most bizarre fever dream. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And he had fun doing it, apparently. She's like, do you have fun? And he's like, yeah, I did. Yeah, I had fun losing my daughter forever. That was great. But, like, (laughs) I feel like in the... If there was an original ending to this, it was like, okay, like, I can keep her in the nebula forever, and she'll be cured, or she can come back with you, and you can find a cure and be together. Yeah, that felt like Will I find a cure? And, like, the nebula would be like, yes, but it might be too late. And he has to wrestle with that decision, but instead he's just like, yeah, go. Well, it would be the same, that would be a great mirror to, like, what Pike is going through, right? Because it's like, Pike is beginning spoilers for the whole first season. Like he's beginning to like realize that what he does may matter more if he becomes like crippled. Right. Like, yeah. Like, and that's such a fucking hard choice to make for him. But either these kids he saves dies, right? They all die in this horrible accident or he saves them and he's confined to like a beep chair for the rest of his life. Yeah. Which, again, it feels like they'd have better technology than that, but whatever. (laughs) And it's not the rest of it. He doesn't know it's not the rest of his life. Because he's in that chair for, like, uh, I I think it's fairly soon before the trial episode. Yeah, it's a couple months, right? Yeah, I think it's a couple months. And then he's he's only in that chair for that couple months, and then they take him to the Telosian planet, and then he's just back to normal. Yeah, so get fucking man up and get in the fucking beep chair. <laughs> he doesn't know that is the thing. In his mind, he's gonna be in the beep chair for fucking ever. Which is he backing God. up or is he just saying yes over and over again? <laughs> Can we get him like a Professor X chair or something? <laughs> Can we get him like a Stephen fucking Hawking? Yeah, Stephen chair? Hawking can fucking talk in his chair. Yeah. What the fuck? That was like two hundred years ago. <laughs> But, like, again, like, the first part of this episode, if it, if it would have just continued on to the end the way it did up until the last 10 or 15 minutes, I would have put this, like, at, like, 8.5, 9 out of 10. It's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Everybody, like, acts so fucking well in it, um, except Ethan Peck. But, um... <laughs> yeah, I agree. If you would like to know my actual score, then you're gonna have to sit through another fucking commercial break. Oh my god, it's for, like, Legos. <laughs> we'll be right back after these Legos. The Empire is on the attack, and the fate of the troops is in your hands. With the new Lego Star Wars Imperial Landing Craft, you can mount the Stormtroopers, pick up the troops, and take off to chase down the Rebel fighters. You control the action with the new Lego Star Wars Collection. It's Samsung Sympathy. And we're back. And if you know this show like I do... Like, I know I am. I know I am. You know that this is the part of the show where we lay it all on the line, and we give you our fucking made-in-concrete scores that'll never change. (laughs) Never change. 
If they do, may lightning strike my dick hole. I, I didn't say that. I didn't fucking say that one. That was. I'll Josh. test your ass, God or Odin or Thor, whoever the fuck's in charge up there. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm a fucking god. Eat my dick. All right. Well, <laughs> praise be him. But um, <laughs> praise be Thor. The uh, Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality is simple. If you get a one, that's a Cochrane, which is bad for some reason, even though he was the founder of the Federation. Yeah. And if you get a ten, that's a catfish, and that's great, even though that's probably the worst episode of Star Trek ever made. It's like a yin and yang situation. Like, with any good, there needs to be bad. Look, (laughs) if you are the arbiter of all that's good, then you can say this is a bad scale, but those in fucking glass houses don't throw stones. Yeah, more like glass mansions. Fucking rich, glass-loving <laughs> fuck. Fucking wealthy-ass turds. What? <laughs> Check what out our Patreon, about? by the way. Patreon.com slash podcast. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you give this episode on that patented warp scale of quality? You said it in the previous segment, like, you would have given it an 8.5 or an 8, but because of the ending. And I agree. Uh, I, I'm, like, straddling, like, a 7.5, but I'm going to go with 7, just because the acting is so good. <laughs> Besides Ethan Peck. Sorry, Ethan <laughs> Peck. I know you listen. He's He made a decision, I think. Yeah. It's not so much that his acting, he's not a good actor. No, he made no, a decision it, yeah. that I, I don't think either of us agree with. Yeah, it, it seems like a waste. But it's to the detriment of the episode. I get I get why he did it, in a way, to gra- maybe to ground the episode. I don't know, but whatever. It's a bad decision. Everybody <laughs> should have been going full-on lawn-level ham, eating the scenery. Yeah, I don't know how you are in a scene with either uh, Laon or Pike and not... <laughs> I don't know how they got through this fucking episode. I don't know how they shot this thing. It is so fucking funny. There are moments when Laon is talking when... Uh, a couple of them are like very, very, very trying not to laugh. Like you can tell. Like I don't know how you made it. I don't know. They earned their money though, dude. That was. I agree. Yeah, I'm going with seven, like a hard seven, just because the acting is incredible and it's it's a really fun episode till the end when you're sad and shit. Yeah. <laughs> like. And again, I'm not sad because of Umbinga's loss, because we don't really feel that very much. He's just yeah. like, oh, made the right decision, cool. I'm sad because they ruined a cool storyline. I would have also liked to have learned more about the kid. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't really have, like... Like, the the tension and the sadness comes from her being Umbinga's daughter. But, what like, she's not really, like, a person in the story to me, right? She's just, like... A transporter child. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know her. She's. A, I don't know that bitch. You know. <laughs> she's a fan fiction shipper as well, which is yeah. a point against her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just joking. I babies. I, I was. Or am I? <laughs> don't fucking test me. <laughs> yeah, I I agree actually. I know that we tend to give episodes usually within a point of each other anyway. Yeah. But yeah. so it's no shock that I'm also gonna give this a s actually I'm gonna give this a six point five. Oh my god. No, I'll give it a seven. 
You thought for a second, motherfucker. But this no. is peer pressure. Oh my god. No, yeah. I'm not. It's not peer pressuring because it's like, not. A, it's definitely not a six, right? It's not a six point no, five. Absolutely. It's like the needle is going up and down between six point five and like eight point five. Yeah, me. there's it's like, like a constantly dipping and dodging. There's like a variance there. Yeah, like I don't know. Like, like when I think when, about the whole episode up into the last ten or fifteen minutes, that's like a eight point five. Oh, it's um, great. It's a great episode. It's so yeah. great. Yeah. And then I think about that last 15 minutes, I get mad. And I'm like, fucking 6.5. I mean, if they wanted it to seem like it came out of nowhere, that certainly did happen. Yeah, and, I agree. But not not to the advancement of the story and the the show itself, I don't think. So, I, I don't know. You know Again, what? I don't know. I'm going to give it right in the middle, 7.5. That's fa- you know what? That's fucking fair, dude. Like I can totally give it a seven point five. Yeah, I'm I'm going right in the middle, seven point five. Like I'm, the ending makes me so mad that it almost balances my anger with how much I love the rest of the episode. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't feel this way. Who yeah, think I'm sure that, that like yeah. you know, it it was a fine wrap up for that storyline or whatever, but like I was really looking forward to Umbinga being in this series because he's in two episodes of TOS. Yeah, he's and on the ship the whole time, right? He's yeah. like the other shift doctor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he has this sort of like easy, no nonsense attitude that's like really cool. And like, yeah. of course, it's like the 1960s, and this dude is the ship's doctor. Yeah. And. <laughs> I thought that was awesome, so I was like yeah. really excited that he was coming back because it felt like a bit of a wasted character only being in two episodes. Now he's like the doctor on the ship. I I hope that like if they do, I mean they're definitely gonna bring Scotty in, right? Like that I mean, seems at some point. I, I think like yeah, that seems inevitable, especially the way the series sort of ends, right? Like I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean like. I don't know. They even There's talk a part about of me him. that hopes that the, like that may have been a fake out. I don't know. I hope it is, but my hope anyway is that if they're going to bring these TOS characters into the show, that they do keep Umbanga and that you see Bones and Umbanga like work together because of course they would, right? Yeah, that would be great. They're the same fucking guy on the same ship. Of course they do the same similar things, right? Like, I don't know. That's my hope. I I think we're going to get like. I don't think we're going to get another ongoing Umbinga storyline. We might have one-off episodes where he's the focus, but I don't think there's going to be a continuing storyline with him anymore, in the same way there is with, like, Pike or Number One or uh, Spock with uh, his lady love. Yeah. We all know how that ends. Happily ever after, right? It's it's rough to see scenes with them together and like things kind of crumbling slightly. I mean, Stan is is in it, man. He's in the episodes. He's there. It's not great. It's It's fucking. Um, (laughs) but like, I don't think Umbing is gonna get another ongoing storyline. At least not in season two. Maybe like down the line or something. But like, I just feel like that's a waste because he's such a great character. I mean, maybe they'll even, like, pull some Star Trek magic shit with the daughter. I, I, I kind of hope they don't, but maybe they can make it make sense and make it good. I don't know. Like, this, the show's, like, really pretty good, so yeah, I, I'm not I like too concerned. Yeah, I like Strange quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Like, it's the first big Star Trek thing that I've really liked in a long time. Like, yeah. Lower Decks is sort of its own thing. Yeah, Lower Decks is great. And I enjoy but, Lower Decks yeah. a lot, but... 
Um, you you know what I wish they would do? A Lower Decks movie. That would be great. I'd watch that shit. There's there's going to be a Lower Decks crossover episode with Strange New Worlds, and I'm really hoping yeah. that they do both. They do, like, Strange New Worlds characters as animation, and then they have the oh actors who voice the characters. That would be so... Do them so, in live action. That would be so cool. Because all of them look kind of similar to who they're voicing, anyway. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, Boimler. Fuck, what's his fucking name? Uh, the Kurt, dude from The Boys. Kurt Russell's son. <laughs> Right? No. Not Kurt Russell. No. Fucking shit. Oh my god, we're idiots. What's his name? Boimler <laughs> actor. Jack Quaid. Quaid. Randy Quaid's Randy son. son. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Boimler, right? Like, it took me a little while to watch the boys and be like, wait a minute, that's fucking Boimler, dude. Yeah, he's he looks kind of like Boimler, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, and I know, did you watch uh, the latest Lower Decks? No, I have not seen the latest. It's Lower a Deep Decks. Space Nine one. Oh, I've seen a ton of screenshots from it though. It's great. It's really good. <laughs> oh, okay. Before, like, I don't want to like shit on Jack Quaid and say that his dad is Randy Quaid because that's a a death sentence. I Dennis wish Dennis Quaid. It Dennis is Dennis Quaid. Quaid. De- yeah, the, not the fucking shitty Quaid. Yeah, no, the good Quaid. It is Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid from uh, Inner Space. <laughs> his most famous role. Uh, what else? Uh, I, enemy Mine. I remember enemy him mind. from The Parent Trap. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I always thought that he would have been good as uh, fucking um, Nick Fury before they did like really? Samuel L. Jackson Nick Fury. Yeah, he's got that 80s like magnetism. Does, is 80s magnetism a thing? <laughs> it is got, now. Yeah. Well, do you know who played uh, Nick Fury first in a in a movie? Yeah. No, I it don't. was a made-for-TV movie by Sci-Fi Channel. Oh God! And it was David Hasselhoff. <laughs> oh my! That's right. I rem. All right, I remember him with the iPad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you look up David Hasselhoff yeah. Nick Fury right now, you'll see him in a full leather outfit with uh eye patch it's very x-men movie yeah because that was like the newest superhero movie that came out that first x-men's great it really is the X-Men second one and two good. are both yeah. pretty bomb x-men 3 is dog hot dog shit it's pretty garbage i'm not gonna lie to you that's the only movie i ever walked out of and i was i was pissed off i was like that was i was i can't fucking believe i have never walked out of a film i i, I mean i stayed the whole time but i walked out at the end pissed oh yeah I've done like what kind of fucking message is this shit? Like, oh, the fucking the, you can get cured if you want to. Like, fuck you. That's fucking bullshit. Like, yeah, the, whatever, man. The like, there was like no nuance to the mutant cure thing. Like in the comics, the yeah. mutant cure is like one half of like a big portion of the mutant community. It's like it's extinction. It's like a genocide yeah. thing. Yeah. And then there's it's, a small portion who are like, well, I want to be a normal human. And it's like this huge contentious issue that lasts forever. Yeah. It would be like saying like, well, we can cure you of your mental illness, but you have to get a lobotomy. You know, yeah, it's like, what the cool. fuck? Like that's fucked up. Yeah. Super awesome. Well, yep. it's like the, People don't fuck with Autism Speaks anymore because they're like, we're going to find a cure. Right. But, like, autism is just, like, a different social capability. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, what's what's the cure, right? Yeah. The, uh, anyway, we're not talking about X-Men here. Even though we could, <laughs> it sounds like, talk, talk about it quite a lot. <laughs> uh, this episode was so great to have that ending. I, I'm just saying the same shit over and over again. <laughs> no, but, I, yeah, no, it was a really good episode. Uh, the ending, I nah, it's just, ru- it felt so rushed, so I don't know. Unfortunately, the next couple episodes are well the next one is not great either no (laughs) the next one is the one that i absolutely hate it's the only episode of the whole series that i absolutely hate talk about another ending that's like a little bit rushed i don't know they're really they're i feel like they're trying to bang bang the audience right like bang bang like oh man this show can do anything but and i don't care for that yeah, not in the first season, dude. This like, this episode does establish a gigantic continuity problem. Yeah. And I mentioned it like right off the bat at the beginning of the episode. That this con- episode that we're yeah, talking this about This episode now? that we're talking about right now introduces a gigantic continuity problem to the entirety of the Star Trek universe. You're talking about the Gorn one? No, I'm talking about oh, this one. This one. Okay, okay, yeah. This episode uh, establishes that Benny Russell is a real historical person. Right, but how? And not the fictional identity of Cisco in the Prophets. It's not a figment of his, of his, like, inner mind. It's not a parallel universe or an alternate reality. Benny Russell existed. I kind of like that because I do too. what if what uh, if the prophets like just put him in to Benny Russell, right? Absolutely. Like, well, the, I like, like that. Everybody there just looked like people he knew because it was yeah. filtered through his mind. Yeah. And like this is the only time I can say a giant like continuity shift weird sort of like maybe whole maybe not introduced into something I love. I absolutely yeah, I love agree. that. I agree that with that. Benny Russell is one of the most, like, Far Beyond the Stars is one of the most, like, poignant and, like, heart-wrenching episodes of Star Trek ever. I think making Benny Russell a a real canonical character in Star Trek makes that episode better. It makes the episode mean more because... That shit actually did happen to people, right? Like, yeah. Even if you're just going by the continuity yeah. of the show, it's not a figment of Cisco's imagination. Right. This really happened to a man named Benny Russell, right? And that means more, I think, in, instead of it just being like, well, he experienced this kind of like fucked up fantasy, right? Well, but I don't know. And I it makes sense that. too because his son is a writer, and it's like this whole thing, right? Where, yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it's really good that they did that. Man, I'm just... I love stories about storytelling as well. Yeah. Because, like, we, we talk about that all the time. Like, storytelling is the thing that unites us as human beings more than anything else. Like, we yeah. are storytellers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a big fan of connecting uh, any sort of story episode to the Far Beyond the Stars in that way. Look, I didn't want to say it, but Bros Before Pros is basically, like, helping humanity. <laughs> so. This is true. You might want to go check that out. <laughs> yeah, this is a good time as any to get to the end of the episode. <laughs> you should go check out Bros Before Pros. It is, uh, we were on episode six, I think, of the podcast, where yeah. people give us uh, 
prompts and then we randomly select them via full random because one time we got frogs and another time <laughs> we got socks. <laughs> and we go away for two weeks and write stories based on those prompts. Josh does fantasy. He's He brought Darinos back from the the depths of the fantasy fiction hell. We're back, baby! <laughs> and he has knocked it out of the fucking park episode after episode. It's like lis- listening first person to his fantasy fiction stories to me, and they're so fucking good. Better yeah. than the original show, I'll even say that. Wow. Well, I mean, you guys, you and Rich are, like, better writers than I'll ever be, I so. disagree. I don't. And that's an objective-ass opinion. That's I not me just disagree. being like... disagree. Nah, you're fucking... You're a foil you're shit. A you're a far better comedy writer than either of us, I think. Well, you don't write in comedy all the time, which is... Uh, Rich is funny as fuck. Rich that's is not. absolutely fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's true. Like, we're talking, like, uh, A and A- minus here when it comes to, like, top-tier grades. <laughs> we're talking A and A+, plus, actually, is yeah, what we're talking. Yeah, A and A- to the squared a2 the uh, uh rich brings science fiction stories to the forefront if you've heard him on our um email program writes fan fiction of star trek you should fucking hear him when he lets himself loose to be funny if you thought his little asides that he adds once in a blue moon yeah are hilarious like he knocks it out the fucking park on his science fiction stories and he's created, yeah. like, a continuity. Like, Josh has his Darinos continuity that's continuing into these stories. Rich is creating a brand new one right before your eyes in these episodes. Yeah, it's cool to see all of you guys' uh, continuities. You have one, too. Yeah, I, I just started one, like, a couple episodes ago. It's a mystery, ago. though. It is a big mystery. I called it um, the, the Blood Moon Chronicles. Yeah, that's because, yeah, that's, that's one and, of the keys. Um, I write horror stories, believe it or not. Like, I grew up watching fucking Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps after school every day. So, well, I, every sun- Saturday for Are You Afraid of the Dark. Whenever it was on. And uh, the bug was put in me with that and a million fucking horror movies that I've watched since. And uh, I make comedy slash horror. Yeah. It's not horror comedy it's not comedy horror there is a definite divide between them in my stories it's uh it's really good it's very good um i i created the biggest scumbag to ever be in fiction as a character and <laughs> hopefully you'll enjoy him <laughs> um, filch flinch <laughs> flinch sorry pavlov flinch is his name <laughs> um but yeah, check us out, Bros Before Pros. It's and before is the letter B and the number four. You can find us on Twitter at Bros Letter B Number Four, P R O S E, Pod. Find us there, baby. Uh, Do you it. can also just find it on our Twitter, our, like either of our Twitters in the bio. There's a link there. Yep. And you can go to brosbeforepros.card.co or to find all of them. Is it is it .co? Hold up. .brosbeforepros. Wait, wait, wait. Holy shit. Waiting. <laughs> I fucked up, I think. Did it d- hopefully like 
card hasn't deleted the website because I can't get to it right now. Let me check. Neat. That would be neat. I'd be a big fan of that, personally. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> hold, please. <laughs> yeah, it's it's brosb4pros.card with two rs.co. And again, you can find links to that on our Twitters and shit. Hell yeah. Uh, if you would like to be a part of this program, or the one we do besides this program, let's say, then uh, you can shoot us an email at mclassemail at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast, and you can find all of the links you'll ever need for us at uh, mclasspodcast.com. If you want to rate and review the show on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you can do that, it really helps out the show. Please uh, rate and review us. You can rate us whatever you want. I'm not allowed to tell you what to write. <laughs> you can do you can do whatever you like. You can rate whatever you like. <laughs> so yeah, do that. I'm not gonna read them because I'm not getting iTunes out right now because it's a pain in the ass to do. So, <laughs> um, the <laughs> that's true. It is. <laughs> the uh, also, if you would like to support this show, we'd really appreciate it. You can head on over to Patreon.com/slash/MClassPodcast, and for lo- as low as a dollar, you get access to behind-the-scenes uh, posts, wallpapers, and access to a Discord full of your fellow Trek fans. For a little bit more money, you can get MClass email a week early. Uh, Jeff and Josh talk over movies, the commentary track series, and a whole other podcast called Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit, where we talk about what the fuck. Ever. A lot of Lord of the Rings, but we talked about other stuff too, like yes. um, Dragon Ball Z, I think we talked about once. <laughs> We've talked about everything. There's tons show. of shit. Yeah. Uh, we do not have any new reviews. Thank God I no, Wait, wait. <laughs> That's the opposite of what we wait. want. <laughs> wait. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who's reviewed us. Thank you to all of our patrons at patreon.com yeah. slash mclasspodcast. Don't forget it. And thank you to everybody who tuned in today. We will be back in t- in a week with more M-Class goodness. Bye-bye. Bye. Also, thanks, Vidas, and we love you for your track, Outer Space Race. Bye. <laughs> I did a bad job.
I'm mentally ill. Trick, 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 trick with your boy.